Ooh, baby, I like it raw. Yeah, right here. Welcome to Here Nor There, a podcast series being produced during a media arts residency at the Western Front. On this episode, I'll be speaking to a few people. Benita Prado. Soledad Muñoz. Nisreen Sekad Dakama. Samira Warsame. This began when I contacted Soledad, a visual artist and organizer, to talk about two of her past curatorial sound projects and who she was working with currently. Okay, so now this is how I was introduced to musical producers Samira, Nis, and Benita. We'll work our way through a backwards chronology, beginning with the conversations recorded between the four guests en route to their studio. Their energy demonstrating the solidarity found within each other through various creative and collaborative capacities over this past year. Then we'll discuss Soledad's two projects, Genero and Sounds at Sunset. Both series intertwine local music and visual art out of the necessity of creating spaces for those who are operating within these realms. Roughly, the two projects started three years ago. Genero's platform underlines equity within feminist practices through the distribution of music in various forms, on tape cassettes, radio, and live performance. Together with the help of her peers, she has put out five albums to date. Sunset Sunset is another curatorial music project that spearheads free, outdoor performances of experimental music, often in collaboration with visual artists, and began at her then-studio, Sunset Terrace. I just want to say that I'm really happy that I found girls to create with. The female community in Vancouver is getting more out, and I'm super happy about that. So, okay, so I moved to Montreal beginning of 2016, February, and Nisreen was there, thankfully. I met you before that, though. Yeah, so we probably met at the club sometime, (laughs) uh, like in Vancouver. I think we just had each other on Facebook, you know? So like, so like I was, I, so we met like in the club a few times, like whatever, no big thing. And then um, I moved to Montreal, met up with Nisreen, and she, I think Nisreen was just starting to do her production because she's a producer, and I'm a singer, and uh, we clicked with that way. But we also were just like living in Montreal and trying to fucking survive. And then Nisreen went to LA for a while, and I stayed in Montreal. And I just, and then I came back December 2016. And literally a week later, I meet Soledad, and my life changed forever. Yeah, I was so sad. I came, I was like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do in the city? Like, it's dead. There's nothing here to do. Well, I'm going to have to fucking go back to, yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to have to go back and do shit that I don't want to do. And then, nah, son, that's not how it happened. And then Benita and I know each other because we're in the same, we do the same shows for the Elastic. So Elastic is a collective run by... Nazli Najafi, Hannah Turner, and Bree Blossom, um, and they do, they're like at all ages uh, events, they throw parties, they throw workshops, they throw like panels, and they just teach youth how to <laughs> do, <laughs> how to like, you just fell. <laughs> um, they teach they teach people who are coming into the age of like Vancouver how to like throw do it yourself parties Party. and like oh, do nice. it properly you know right, and like be yeah. safe and they have Narcan training and everything it's pretty sick. Learning about these new spaces for visibility and participation in town, I asked Soledad to begin by reflecting on some of the contexts that shaped the beginnings of Genero. Her responses touch on politics that exist on both a local and global scale. 
I feel like all my practice is based on the fact that I was born in exile. I was born out of the conflict in the 70s in South America. That if people don't know, Chile had democratically elected a president with Marxist ideals, which was Salvador Allende, and the United States wasn't happy with that. Intent on stopping Chile from becoming another Cuba, U.S. President Richard Nixon ordered the CIA to undermine and overthrow Allende. Just three years later, on September 11, 1973, the Chilean military bombed the presidential palace. Shortly after, the military announced Allende had committed suicide. And the first installment was through a dictator called Augusto Pinochet in Chile. A dictatorship that would last almost 17 years. And neoliberalism was being created in Chicago. For his economic policy, Pinochet turned to a group of fringe economists who came to be known as the Chicago Boys. They studied under the famous free market economist Milton Friedman at the University of Chicago in a program organized by the U.S. government. With the support of the United States, he just killed so many people. I come from that trauma. My grandfather, my grandmother, uncles, aunts, all of them were imprisoned and tortured. And that's why I was born in exile. For me, neoliberalism and capitalism are very traumatic. There's very few, but it's also growing the number of people that share that fact with me, where like you were born, first of all, you were born out of a conflict, which Mm -hmm. is, it's a burden. People are like, so where you're from? And immediately I have to be like, well, I was born in Canada because of Pinochet and the installment of neoliberalism in Chile. And so to start a conversation with that already, you're like, well, uh, yeah, capitalism sucks. You know what I mean? And then also, I don't feel from here nor there. I identify a lot with the in-between split places. And even in my material practice, I really like working with electromagnetic fields and stuff like that that are in our environment, but you can't really see them, but are there in this like invisible. I, I've, I don't know. I feel very, if you ask me where you're from, it's like I'm not here nor there. I, I do not say I'm Chilean. I do not say I'm Canadian. And also I have a Syrian background. And my dad's family went to Chile also you know, exile from Syria and so on. But I also feel very South American because I have roots of like First Nations. And so it's just too convoluted and complicated. It's a very strange question to ask where where you're from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and some people have like a fast like answer. Exactly. <laughs> but I don't like fast answers. I like things to be layered and convoluted and slow. And I think that's the thing about Genero and... Mm-hmm. And calling it género, which is a name in Spanish. Genero in Spanish is textile. And it's genre. And right. it's gender. Mm-hmm. And to generate yo género. Everyone can just call it how they think it sounds. Right. Genero is a new word, which I really like. Because it's referencing something in Spanish. In English, which is kind of who I am, you know? <laughs> the name of the project and the visual um like the logo comes from the woven structure 
which is just a combination of threads interlacing as a community. And that's the whole thing. The project comes from a very critical theory. And so just speaking of the being with of uh, Jean-Luc Nancy, where mm-hmm. we cannot be the being anymore, but we are the being with because right. we are one thread, but we are part of a textile. And I'm a weaver, so it right. made sense too. What made me start it was out of necessity, 100% out of necessity. And I feel like that's a very important part of being a woman of color, that you feel you feel race oppression and gender oppression and it is not an option anymore to just sit back and look at it happen because it's it's really hard to speak out i feel like people don't take the weight of what it is to be the person that speaks out in a community at this point in time it's really not an option we had just recently a meeting with women of color. We got together at Gallery Gachet. I see Soledad on the other side of the room. Yeah. And we looked and at each other. Yeah, <laughs> so little no, yeah, and there was no, there was barely any Latinas. And we're just like looking at each other and we're just like, hey. With Samira and Benita, it was like when you find love. <laughs> when you find love. Everything just like was shining upon Benita. It was like, I need to talk to this person. And then she like added me to Instagram and then oh, yeah. I like clicked her link and her music, first of all, Off the hook. I know. It was really healing for me mm-hmm. in that I saw in all of those women and they were mostly cultural producers and some of them right. weren't, but mm-hmm. just that push to change the world because it's a world where we don't fit. And we right. really don't have an option anymore. If we don't do anything to change it, we're just perpetrating the same system that's oppressing us. It's going to be really hard to speak out, but I don't have another option. Creating General was just like, okay, I need to get people that are in the same situation as I am. At that time, uh, my nearest community wasn't of people of color. Electronic music is known for being mostly white people and mostly white males to be honest i've had and that's what i like about general a lot that Mm -hmm. it's a project that i want people to help with i i don't want to continue to repeat this binary and that's why i ask for help Mm -hmm. to people in the community and as i said they are white males and, mm-hmm. and, and the more they help, the better it is. I think a lot of us in the community are in that same lane. And so I just had to make space for me and other women and mm-hmm. and it and just started to do what I thought was the community that I wanted to be in. General was born out of women jamming together. I had never played with a woman before general happened and so and that was the start of general it was just let's just get together and jam and then present it like show it to the people and then way after came like the like the like the it was kind of like was it kind of like a ding yeah exactly it was like oh this feels so good i don't need affirmation from anyone we're at the same level you know what i mean like we're doing the same thing mm -hmm. The thing is, I never wanted to make a label. I just want to make a space where uh-huh. 
uh, women identifying or non-binary. And that's the thing. I started this project three years ago. And every time one needs to be humble when mm-hmm. starting projects and one needs to listen. Because at the beginning, I said it is for women. And someone contacted me and mm-hmm. was like, what about women identifying trans or non-binary people and I was mm-hmm. like you're absolutely right this is right. a feminist project and and so I had to rewrite what was on our website and stuff like that and and mm-hmm. start uh, approaching it as a feminist and and the feminism that I believe mm-hmm. is one that focuses on equity right indifference so no matter how different you are you have to have the same opportunities mm-hmm. no matter what Little by little, I've just been learning from the project as well. And I didn't want to make it a label because label was so tied into capitalism. And capitalism scares me so much. I have always seen capitalism as the worst thing in the world. And that's why I believe in art as everything you know what I mean like going back to like general being kind of a label but more of like a community exactly and just creating culture that's what Mm -hmm. artists should be and that's Mm -hmm. why I don't believe in art that is just being created for a museum for me that's Mm -hmm. an artifact and like it's dead in order for that piece to get to the museum it first needs to change culture and the end of its days has to be inside of a museum as a telling of everything that it did for culture but when people are producing works in their studios and just and then it just goes there right yeah right away that's just perpetrates like white supremacy and capitalism because it ends up being means of consumption but at the same time women need to be out there Mm -hmm. and in the society making money unfortunately right. in a very like the same money <laughs> like equitativamente like equity i guess equity um, yeah so i was like okay if they're just putting out albums for white males we mm-hmm. need to be out there and that's how i started the first one stefana already had her album ready and for that one, Sharona did the cover, and then we released it at a Sounds at Sunset at Sunset Terrace. So it right. was very community-based. Right. It was kind of already done in a way.
Stefana helped a lot with that one. She's she's on it. After that came D. Tiffany that already right. had hers also as a mm-hmm. package. That album is incredible. And she's one that really understands why we're making culture. And she's a big cultural producer in the city.
many of us owe so much to Sophie, to be honest. And so many people that wouldn't have a space to show their things. Sweet Pup has been their house. I heard that album and immediately Tess Raphael was in the studio. And she did the she work did the, for it, yeah, right? Because I saw yeah. the colors that she was using in her paintings. Mm-hmm. She was in the studio right beside me at Sunset Terrace. Sunset Terrace was, can you just give us a brief oh, yeah. sentence Sunset for people who have never heard of Sunset Terrace? Is a project that we started in 2013 when a lot of us were finishing school and we right. wanted to have like a transitional place so that we could have our studios when we finished school. It was, I think it was 12 of us when we started. Maya Bodri was the head of the project and she's also an incredible person and she did the video for the D Tiffany. I think what really helps my practice mm-hmm. is the concept of poetics of space. How do we inhabit a space? And just the fact that sound travels, it's like a beautiful thing. That's that transparent. You know, it's, yeah. it's the same thing, the in-betweenness and how it just gives itself to be it's kind of like a blanket or yeah. like yeah or going a back textile. again to like a textile <laughs> or like a woven a woven structure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I'm just trying to think about Genero and Sunset Terrace, where these events would happen and how they just all kind of came naturally together. Can you speak about these sorts of grassroots art spaces and how that sort of model has a relationship with Genero music projects that are trying to like exist outside of this idea of like what a quote unquote label is and rather... Mm -hmm focus on an idea of like building a community or creating culture yeah absolutely and i think that it's relevant to what is happening in vancouver now right with like real estate and like cultural spaces just shutting shutting down down and Mm -hmm. there's no space for cultural creation in Mm -hmm. a society based on capitalism Mm -hmm. and that's the thing with uh vancouver and so sounds at sunset came The first project that we did was with Katrina. It was called Coming From Going To or something on that line. I was supposed to go to film school because I wanted to do sound. But then I got into school and saw that even in the progressive school that I was in the School of Arts and Social Science in Mm -hmm. Chile, which now is closed, but before it was very much based on a Marxist ideal. It was all the people that had gone to exile that came back and started right. school. And so even though in that environment, it's still in South America. So misogyny is very, very, very next level because of mm-hmm. the because of Catholicism mostly and and, and other like colonialism and, mm-hmm. and Spanish and people so on and so forth. I went in for sound, but mm-hmm. then saw that no women had graduated as a photography director. And so I started getting really involved in photography direction. I wanted to change the world. (laughs) So when I came to Canada, I was in such shock of how much material there was here. There was cheap cameras, like AE ones, like Canon Reflect with film, 35 millimeter. So I would go to the the flea market and all these cameras were just around. I was, Mm -hmm. I was mesmerized and so i kept on buying eight millimeter film Mm -hmm. i ended up having so many eight millimeter uh projectors and stuff like that that i never did anything with Mm -hmm. until this day that i went to uh the the flea market and i found all this eight millimeter 
film that was from a family coming from Japan to Peru, and it showed Whoa. the whole trip. <gasps> yeah, and so they went on an airplane, and then they went to San Francisco, and then um, they crossed through the Panama Canal, mm-hmm. and then they went to Peru and Chile, and mm-hmm. th- and there's there's images from the north of Chile, and then they went back to living in Peru because there's a lot of Japanese influence in Peru. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I found this material and. And Katrina was also just like mesmerized by it. And so we were like, let's have an evening. And I remember the image that always comes to my head is Katrina saying, yeah, we'll have watermelon outside for people. Mm-hmm. We'll put a sheet out. And that's that was the first sound. Well, it wasn't the first sound of sunset, but that's the inception. That was like sort of like organizational. Exactly. And just wanting to that. be outside. That was mm-hmm. the whole thing about sounds at sunset. Yeah. I, I wanted to be at the parking lot outside. Mm-hmm. But that was the first project. And so we took these clips and gave them to artists for them to make soundtracks to. So we did that and that was a huge success and Mm -hmm. people liked it. And you just feel something different. Then after that, it continued to be Sounds at Sunset. And Mm -hmm. it was called that because it was at Sunset Terrace and Mm -hmm. it was Start at Sunset. So I would post on the event page Uh the time of the sunset. And that's when it would start. And it was out, outside of Sunset Terrace. In the, there's a big loading dock yes. um, that was kind of like a stage. And then there's a parking lot where everyone would sit. Given the factors that instrumentalized Soundset, Sunset, and Genero, two independently produced series that attempt to initiate and also nurture spaces for art and music, both of us consider the broader economic and cultural complex that these projects exist within. What are the responsibilities attached to supportive intentions and how do they translate in these broader contexts? I like just making people aware of where they party or where they go to places and where they support. Exactly where they what they're supporting, Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of cultural production they're supporting. And just to make them aware that right now, I think Blueprint, which is like a mega force can you give us a, a quick one sentence of what Blueprint okay. is for people who don't know? Blueprint are the owners of Republic, Caprice, now part of Fortune, and so on. There's bigger uh, nightclubs, celebrities, in, yeah, downtown, and in Chinatown. Exactly, and um, and then there there's just people that were part of our communities that are just selling our culture to them. And it's really sad because people like me, we've just been pushing the other way for so long. Mm -hmm. And just to see that it's just perpetrating capitalism, it Mm -hmm. really, really, it it hurts. So I I don't know. It's, It's really sad to just say that if you stay in the cultural production train, it's going to be 20 million times harder. I don't see nothing new with it. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see more resistance from my friends because right. because it's really easy to just say, oh, like we're being displaced and so on and so and forth. So, yeah. And then just going ahead and supporting initiatives that mm-hmm. are actually pushing this that way. And it's not just Blueprint, of course. Right. But yeah. because Blueprint is involved in cultural production, mm-hmm. it's like a closer enemy or something like that. I feel like at this point, for white supremacy if you don't want to participate in white supremacy as a white person just start listening to your peers of color we fit we feel unheard 
because we are not part of your norm mm-hmm. but we or we are part of your norm in that we're minoritized right. um, and yeah just be responsible be a responsible cultural producer because or else it's just all on our shoulders <laughs> track is called Knowings by Samira Warsame, who also performed in the Here Nor There sister series, Slow Wave, a series of experimental concerts and sound happenings. In addition to Knowings, the clips and tracks in order of appearance are from the Al Jazeera English documentary, Fault Lines, Chile Rising, read from a live performance by Stefana Fratilla at Sunset Terrace for the release of Trista Tufrika on Genero and Easy by D. Tiffany from the Genero EP. Thanks for listening.